0: Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. In the first reading from this weekend's readings, it not only gives us a great spiritual lesson, but more importantly, it gives us a powerful warning. We must truly listen to these words in the first reading and heed them. The first reading comes from the book of Nehemiah. Now, what we have to do is before we understand this reading, we have to understand the context in which it is all set in. In 587 BC, the Israelites were conquered by the Babylonians. The city wall of Jerusalem was breached, and they sacked the city. They went to the temple, they looted it of all its jewels, and they destroyed it. The people were taken off in chains to live as slaves to the Babylonians, which is in present-day Iraq. The Israelites were cut off, cut off from their history, their stories, their law, and even their worship of God. Worse yet, that after a few years living as slaves to the Babylonians, the Israelites began to assimilate themselves into the Babylonian culture. They began to adopt the traditions, the values of the Babylonians, and forget their own values and traditions that they held as Israelites, as God's chosen people. They were losing a sense of their own identity. Essentially, they began to lose what defined them as the Israelite people, God's chosen people. Now, for about 100 years, they lived as slaves to the Babylonians. But after this time, the Persians raised up an army and under the king Cyrus, they conquered the Babylonians. Now, King Cyrus then turned to the Israelites and told them that they could be set free, they could go home. But he didn't free them all, all at the same time. Instead, he let them go little by little. Now, Cyrus was succeeded by King Xerxes, and Xerxes was succeeded by King Artaxerxes. Now, this is the time in which Nehemiah lived during the reign of Artaxerxes. In fact, Nehemiah worked within the court of King Artaxerxes. Nehemiah was the cupbearer for Artaxerxes. Now, Nehemiah asks the king if he can go home, and Artaxerxes acquiesces. He grants his request. And so, Nehemiah goes home, and he finds nothing but the worst. Jerusalem, this once great city, is in shambles. The mighty walls that it once had are knocked down. The culture is compromised. The city is in ruins. The temple that was once beautiful and elaborate now is destroyed and leveled. Nehemiah, as well as the priest, Ezra, now take on the leadership roles to rebuild all of the Israelite nation. And yet first, they start with rebuilding the identity of the Israelite people. Before any building is erected, their first priority is to reestablish the identity of the Israelite people. How is this accomplished? By educating the people. Nehemiah and Ezra must first reeducate the Israelites Educate them according to their tradition, their stories, their law, and their worship. Remember, again, the Israelites lived in Babylon as slaves for over a hundred years. Therefore, for several generations, you have a people that have lost their sense of identity and who they are as God's chosen people. And so, Isaiah and Nehemiah, they embark on this endeavor. The crisis is great, the Israelites, their identity has been compromised. They have forgotten who they are, and they have forgotten more to it their religious identity. Here's the first spiritual lesson we can take from this. Part of knowing who we are is knowing who we are not. Part of defining ourselves as an individual or people is knowing what we stand for and what we don't stand for. And see, This is the job of Nehemiah and Ezra, you know, to now change the hearts and the minds of the Israelite people. What we would refer to it as they have to reprogram the Israelites. Now, with that in mind, now we can go into the first reading. Now it begins to make some sense. How does it begin? It says, Ezra, the priest brought the law before the assembly, which consisted of men, Women, and those children old enough to understand. Standing at the end of the open place, he read out the book from daybreak till midday, in the presence of the men, the women, and those children old enough to understand. And all the people listened to the book of the law attentively. Ezra reads the Torah to the people. Now, the Torah, remember, is the law, it includes the books of Genesis. Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Ezra is reading the law to the people, and they stand listening throughout the entire morning and the entire afternoon. All the people stand listening to this great story. There lies the key. They are listening. They are people that are listening to what is being taught to them. Notice what happens after Ezra is finished. It says, The people raised their hands high and answered, Amen, Amen. You know, this is kind of like a Baptist revival, you know, where you see people raising their hands up and saying, Amen. What they're doing is they're ratifying, they're agreeing to what is being taught to them. They accept their identity as God's chosen people. Next, it says, They wept upon hearing more stories. Well, the Israelites now are rediscovering their original identity. They weep, they cry out, and they raise their arms and shout out, Amen, Amen, because they recognize their identity is defined by the very laws that govern their lives. And therein lies a very powerful lesson for us all. We, we are defined by the very laws that structure our lives. And that's a great spiritual lesson for us all. And yet, it's a great warning for us all, too. We, too, we have the potential of losing our identity, just like the Israelites, if we stop listening to the very laws that define us as God's people. You know, in some ways, Nehemiah and Ezra, despite the fact that they lived over 2,500 years ago, they are reaching out to us. They're warning us that history repeats itself, warning us that this story is now unfolding in our own midst. We as Catholics have to ask ourselves some strong and hard questions. Do we know the great stories of our church? Do we know the laws and the rituals that define us, that give us our identity? Now, for two to three decades... Our church has finally waken up to the fact that we as a church have not done very well in teaching or passing on the faith to our people. In fact, if you look at the recent Pew Research polls that came out about a year or two ago, it says that 75% of Catholics no longer practice their faith. They no longer attend Mass on a regular basis. So then it begs the question, how will they know the stories and the laws and the rituals, how will they know their identity as Catholics? See, therein lies a great spiritual danger, such that this great Babylonian exile is now taking place right here, right now in our own midst. More and more Catholics are leaving the church, which means what? They're becoming like the Jews in the book of Nehemiah that we're reading in the first reading. They now are assimilating themselves into the secular culture and our society. If we lose our religious identity, then who will tell us who we are? Well, that's a great question. The terrible truth, the answer to that question, TV, Hollywood, our culture, they long to tell us who we are, to tell us what our identity is. And see, that's the great temptation. St. Paul, if you read his writings in Galatians, Ephesians, Corinthians, he'll always say, faith comes from listening to the word of God. Well, what can go wrong when we stop listening to the stories of our faith? When we stop abiding by the laws of our faith, that's when we lose our identity. And herein lies a great spiritual danger. When we start listening to all the stories of this world... Now, granted, our culture, our TV, movies, they all want to and seek to define us and who we truly are, but we can't let that be. You know, what always amazes me is when people stop coming to Mass and they tell me that point blank, and yet at the same time, they tell me that they are spiritually okay. What's so amazing is that we don't accept that type of attitude in any other area of life. I'll give you a good example of this. Say you have a son or daughter that wants to learn soccer. So what do you do? You buy them a ball, and then you say, well, go out in that field and go play. Well, if you don't teach them the rules, you don't teach them how to play soccer, and you don't make sure that they practice and practice even when they don't want to, they're never going to learn the game. Or maybe you have a child that wants to play music, so you buy him a piano, and then you say, Okay, go over there and bang away. Well, if you don't teach the child how to read music, how to read notes, how to play the piano, how to position their hands on a piano and the keyboard, well, they're never gonna learn, are they? But if that child listens and learns the rules of soccer, listens, and learns how to read a note, how to play the piano, and more importantly, to practice and practice, even when they don't feel like it. Well, then the child will learn. They'll learn how to play the piano. They'll learn how to play soccer. We'll now apply that to our faith and our spiritual life. When we no longer abide by the laws that define us, who we are as a people, we are in serious spiritual danger of losing our own identity. What we have to understand is the purpose of the church is to transform the world. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, he said, go and proclaim the word of God to all the nations. Well, in order for us to do just that, we must know who we are. We must be strong in our own identity before we can go out and evangelize the world. And that's the key. Again, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you are not. As St. Paul once said, faith comes from listening to the Word of God. Well, we must be doing that always, through our entire life, listening to the Word of God, listening to the great stories of our church, our laws, our rituals, our beliefs. When we do that, then we will always maintain our identity. Then it will never be taken away from us. And may the peace and the grace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.